we're going to be in Numbers chapter 22, 21-33. And while you're turning to that, I'm going to see if, see if we can't get in the right mindset out of Proverbs. Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make straight your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So, prior to verse 21, Balak, the king of Moab, has tried to summon Balaam to put a curse on the Israelites because he has seen how God has blessed the Israelites and what they have done to the Amorites because the Amorites had previously fought with the Moabites and the Amorites defeated them and the Israelites defeated the Amorites. So Balak was afraid and knew that if they defeated the Amorites, surely they would defeat them. So he was trying to entice this diviner to put a curse on the Israelites. And Balaam has inquired and asked the Lord if he could do his job. And the Lord told him, no, you can't put a curse on him. So the messengers left Balaam, went back to Balak, said, well, he he said no, the Lord told him not to. So the king had sent more messengers to Balaam and he upped the offer, so to speak, and said that if he would but curse Israelites, he would reward him handsomely. <clears throat> so once again, Balaam inquired of the Lord what he, to do and the Lord told him that it was okay to go with Balak this time, with Balak's officials. So, beginning with verse 21... Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. So, there are a few things about this little verse that is something that we would probably do also. This is his job, and the Lord finally told him that he could go. Right after they offered him a handsome a handsome salary for this job. He didn't wait for his servants to saddle his donkey. He didn't even wait for the Moabite officials to come and get him. He was ready from the word go. All they had to do was show up. Yep, let's do it. So, he knew what the Moabites wanted. They wanted him to curse Israel. Why would God give him permission to go with the Moabite officials if it wasn't to curse the Israelites? So now we have an eager individual who's willing to curse God's people. It's only going downhill from here. But, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, if if we were in his position, we're doing our job, we're good at it, and someone offers us a better paying salary, say, well, let me think about it. God's tugging on your string saying you probably shouldn't do it. So you say no. Then they do it again. And finally God says, yeah, it's okay, you can take it. Well, you're not looking back. 
anyone would have jumped at that offer. Anyone would have gotten their donkey saddle and probably started riding to the Moabite palace. You just So that's what he did. And that was his mindset. He was going to go curse Israel. So in verse 22, But God was very angry when He went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose Him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. So, now we know that Balaam and his two servants are alone at this point. We don't know where the Moabite officials ran off to, but they probably ran ahead to give word to their king that good news. I mean, they were probably going to get rewarded themselves just because they had good news to bring them. But, but we don't know. We don't know how it went down. All we know is that now we have the angel of the Lord standing in the road opposing Balaam. There, there is some speculation about Balaam's servants also that they may have been two of the magicians that were a part of the Pharaoh's advice courts because they had opposed Moses and they were looking for work too. And, you know, when you're good at what you do, you find work and it it isn't unlikely that these are Egyptians' pharaohs because they had just been humiliated by Israel's God and now they're getting to see Israel get cursed, which is exactly what they wanted. But but it's just speculation. It it was a reference to Second Timothy three verse eight. So, also we see the first mention of the angel of the Lord in this set of scriptures, and and I will touch on that later. In verse 23, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field, and Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. So... Now we have the Lord giving the donkey the power to see more than Balaam. Balaam, this great diviner of truce, blessing and cursing, he could not see the angel of the Lord. Not only that, but the angel of the Lord had his sword drawn, and some think that that was a foreshadowing of how Balaam would later die by the sword at, at the hands of God's people. But... So the donkey turned off the road to save himself and his master, and he was promptly beat for it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Saving yourself, protecting your master, and you get punished for it. Yep. So the donkey demonstrated more intelligence than most people do because they know full well that God has his sword drawn, and they still contend against him. We move on to verse 24. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyard with walls on either side. Once more, the angel of the Lord puts himself in his path, in Balaam's path. And often, the Lord does just that to people. He puts himself in front of them so that they have to meet him. 
in verse 25. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Once more, this donkey is one smart donkey. He is still trying to obey his master, do what he's told, and protect his master at the same time. And it ended up crushing his feet. And we we are just like Balaam. We think that as long as we don't go straight through the Lord, that it won't damage us, that it won't hurt us. And so you just kind of go around them. And it'll, it'll work out. And I've always wondered about Balaam having his foot crushed because he's, he's this great diviner. And Balak, Balak's hiring this great diviner to curse and bless Israel. And here comes Balaam limping into the palace. I just can't help but think Balak looks off to the side at his officials and said, I thought you said this guy was good. I couldn't even see that coming. But, but of course, we both know that I mean, we all know that Balak was thrilled because he was hired to curse him, so that, that's how it went down. But, but I just can't help but think that that's how most of us would have responded. I mean, those people who can tell the truth and prophesy, all you have to do is call that 1-800 number, and, and they're bankrupt. But it's, it's, it's fine. So, in verse 26, Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left, or around. And this is not simply an amazing sight, but it's also a very regrettable path. The, the angel of the Lord has moved ahead and made it to where... This, this has to happen right now. There's no way around it. There's no other options. He will have to contend against the Lord. Or, or this is it. And occasionally we, we do have those paths that we start down where there's nothing that can undo it. There's no left. There's no right. There's no turning back. That we have to face the Lord. So... The only way to move forward was to face him. So in verse 27, When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it laid down under Balaam, and he was angry and beat it with its staff. The donkey laid down. It didn't just anger Balaam at this point. This was a rage. And since it specifies staff, there's a decent chance that the beatings earlier was with nothing but a switch because usually the sting is what you're going for. You don't really want to flat out hurt your animal. I mean, you're riding on them. You don't want to make them gimp or anything like that. You just want to sting them. But this time, he went full staff on him and beat him. So, we move on to verse 28. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, What have I done to make you beat me these three times? You have to understand, this donkey has moved out of the angel of the Lord's way once. He 
moved around the angel of the Lord the second time. And the third time he faced the angel of the Lord, he surrendered. If there is anything we take away from this, we need to be more like that donkey at the end where we just surrender. But the Lord opened the donkey's mouth who then spoke to Balaam and asked why he was being beaten and that's certainly a reasonable question. <laughs> and, the, and the trick is, is this, this isn't being a third person speech. I mean, this, this isn't like the Lord took over a bush. Uh, this is very different. This is very unique. Because this is a donkey right now who's challenging his master. Mm-hmm. And, and now we know, I mean, that the Lord works through the lowliest of servants and children to speak his profound truths. And there was no lower servant than that donkey. So we move on to verse 29. Balaam answered the donkey. You have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. There's one argument from silence that I'm going to address here. This talking donkey did not surprise Balaam. (laughs) Now, I may not know what revelations, I may not know what visions Balaam has been given by God, but it was so... It was so outstanding that this event didn't didn't spook him, didn't scare him, didn't confuse him. So, we now know at least one thing. The Lord has shown Balaam many great things. Many amazing things. More amazing than a talking donkey. So, Balaam is willing to have a reasonable and intelligent conversation with this donkey. <laughs> I, I think this also indicates how mad Balaam was. Because surely, surely a talking donkey wasn't common. I, I mean, you, sh- you shouldn't have been able to just go to your local farmer and say, that one, what's your name? <laughs> But no, I mean, this was rage. This was infuriating to Balaam. And the rage that Balaam felt towards this donkey was still less than the anger that the angel of the Lord had towards Balaam with his sword drawn. And in verse 30, the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. (laughs) So, this donkey has truly fooled his master because Balaam could not intelligently respond to a donkey's charge. If Balaam had any pride as a diviner at this point. He had to have left it when he said no. Even in your anger and your frustration, you get in those arguments. You're in a heated argument, even though you might be wrong. But the moment you have to concede the argument, your pride's left. And in verse 31... 
Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. No doubt seeing the angel of the Lord in front of you with his sword drawn would definitely bring fear, and it took nothing short of the Lord opening his eyes to see it. That's the thing. At this point, you, you've got a talking donkey that's outsmarting you. You're, you're, you're pretty low. And then you have the angel of the Lord now. This is... the. So in verse 32, the angel of the Lord asked him, Why have, your, have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The angel of the Lord doesn't address any previous instances. It doesn't even address Balaam and how he left to go with the Moabite officials. The angel's charge is actually in beating his donkey. So Balaam must have known that there are just occasions and unjust occasions when it came to even his animals. I mean, he he was getting ready to, to curse the Israelite people, which is significantly more valuable. And yet, the charge is actually against the donkey. His crimes against the donkey. Verse 33, The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared it. The Lord has a mighty great compassion, but it wasn't upon man. It was going to be upon the donkey. Which, eh, it might make me question on who the donkey was really protecting at that point. Well, I mean, at first, you'd think that he was out to protect himself and his master. But knowing that the angel of the Lord would have spared the donkey, he may have been simply only protecting his master with no concern for his own life. After all, he did get beat three times and kept his mouth shut. Until <laughs> until the Lord put the word in his mouth. So, finally, in verse 34 and 35, Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. It's the exact same thing that the Lord had previously told him when he gave his permission. And this is key when talking about the angel of the Lord. The Lord told Balaam to submit to his will, to speak only what he said. Now we have the angel of the Lord telling Balaam to only do his will and what he says. And later on, which we're not going to get to, 
the Lord tells Balaam to only do what he says. There, there is a true equal of power and authority when it comes to will and word in regards to the Lord and the angel of the Lord. And this is one of the easier instances where you can see that they are interchangeable because it's in the same chapter. Two chapters. So, Balaam thought he was going to go curse the Israelites. And now we have Balaam being told he can only do what the Lord says a second time, which he should have known. If you tell me to go back, I will. That's a very intelligent move from his point of view. Because now he's walking into King Balak of the Moabites and he's not going to be able to deliver on what is expected from him. My translation says the donkey is a sheep and you keep calling it pig. True. Is there any significance to that? Uh, donkey, technically, it could have just been the old word is ass, but she is proper. Okay. It is. So, we have Balak, or Balaam, I should say, now being not just afraid of the Lord, but he's actually more afraid of Balak at this point. Let me go back. <laughs> and then the angel of the Lord, not missing a beat. No. No, no. I'm, I, I'm going to be working through you, whether you like it or not. And these verses are all too common in people's lives we are presented with an opportunity that might not go against the Lord and His will. And we listen to the Lord and say, no, it's, it's not yet. It's not ready. And then a little bit later, the same opportunity arises. No, still not quite ready. And then the third time, God finally says, yep, do it. We don't look back. We didn't remember the rules that God put in place. Obey my will. Do what I say. We just take off running. Because we thought we actually got what we wanted. And God will still put Himself in our path when we go down that road. And at first, it might be a very wide path where we enjoy so much liberty that we can't see from the east to the west. And then we don't listen and the road gets narrowed. And part of our liberties, our enjoyment, is taken away. And then we don't listen again and the path is narrowed. Until the only thing you can do is contend against the Lord or surrender. And this donkey did just that. He provided a perfect example to Balaam. As a servant, he provided his master with everything he needed. He got him where he needed to go. He protected him. You could ask no more from any servant. Anyone. And yet, 
nothing short of the Lord opening Balaam's eyes with his sword drawn fixed him. And that's one of the most fearful verses you will ever come across. The most fearful stories. The Lord opened his eyes. He saw the angel of the Lord with his sword drawn. And he was asked to justify his actions. And that is exactly what we are faced with when Christ meets us in our path. From beginning to end. Christ very much does stand in front of us and ask us to justify what we do and why we do it. This isn't a first time thing that happens in your early life and then you don't have to look back. You just keep running forward. This is your path. This is what happens on and in your life's journey. This is what you will face over and over again until you finally face it for the last time. And I can only hope that you are very much like this donkey where you meet him with a bent knee and say, I'm sorry, I have sinned. And I'm going to close with prayer. Lord, thank You for for bringing Your people together. Thank You for letting us see what we do see. Thank You for revealing to us what we do not. Please, Lord, meet us on Your path and show us your compassion. Show us Your mercy. And pray that we, when faced with You, will do it with a bent knee. In Your name we pray. Amen. Zach, thank you. Thank you for the uh, the charge that you, you give us.